up something. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody voucher Ain't no more excuses valid, get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account, need an accountant I study millionaires cause I was born a visionary You still believe in limitations, why you acting scary? You can't distract me from the paper, I've been chasing greatness I'm stacking now and balling later, in the conversation We strategizing, monetizing, piling up investments And sacrificing temporary sh for bigger blessings Yeah, a tapped in boss mind state I multiply my grind rate and I match the way I vibrate Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million if you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it No Deanna, speak that sh** that everybody voucher Ain't no more excuses valid, get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account, need an accountant of the Million Monsters podcast. I'm your host, Xavier. Got my co-host, D, with me. Hey, everybody. What's up, D? What's, what's up? What's up? What's up? Today, <laughs> today, we got a special episode. You know, this episode, how long this episode been in the, been in the works, y'all? Woo! A minute, right? <laughs> <laughs> so this is a special episode. So, so for, for those of y'all who don't know, her name is Danielle Hughes. She's out of Detroit. She's an entrepreneur and an author, and we super, super excited to have, have her on. You know, we've been, we, we've been wanting to get this out for a minute now, so here we go. So welcome to the show. What's up, y'all? Thank you for having me. So for the people, for the listeners, for those who may not know, do you mind just giving a background on yourself so they can get uh, familiar with you, learn more about you? Yep. So my name is Danielle Hughes. I go by Danielle D. Hughes, because if you don't type in the D in a Google search, well, historically, my name wouldn't come up. Now I got a little, you know, some articles under my belt. So it comes I, up. I I'm like, wait a minute, you type my name. None of my stuff comes up. So I add the D, it's kind of like Weezy F Baby, and that's become like my signature. <laughs> so it's Danielle D. Hughes. Um, I would consider myself a multipreneur. Uh, so I started out in um, youth development, youth engagement development. Um, I made the Forbes list for a nonprofit that I co-founded back in 2014 to help underserved youth in Detroit. Did that. I moved on. I became an author. I have a book called Always Make Your Bed, Seven Principles to Dream It, Do It, Get Which One Out of Life. Um, I also have a business called Elite Global Vending. We have since in ter turned that into Elite Global University, and that's just teaching people about how to grow their side businesses on a profitable scale. Um, and my newest business is launching this month. It's called Black Women Shortcut. It's a community for Black women with short haircuts because I have a story behind why I had to cut my hair. Um, and that's it. Oh. It's going to be a community. We're releasing products for women with black with short hair. Black women with short haircuts. Mm, okay. <laughs> I, I love it. You got a, you got a, you got a, man, you got a lot. We got to dig into a lot going on. But first, like, because you mentioned the first thing you started was you said you was helping, you said helping youth, right? Yeah, underserved first, view. Underserved view. So what was what what inspired that? So I'll say my biggest role model and mentor uh, was my 11th grade English teacher. Um, so I graduated from high school, barely graduated first. Let me say that I graduated from high school with a 1.9 GPA, like literally graduated by the skin of my teeth because of my 11th grade English teacher. She was like, "Nah, 
as long as I'm here, you're going to walk across that stage. I don't know what she did to this day, but I walked across the stage because Lord knows I ain't have the credits. My name wasn't even on the list to graduate. I'm like, what am I going to do? But she worked some magic, pulled some strings, and I walked across that stage. Um, so mm. I knew that I wanted to be the person that I wish I had when I was younger. Mm. She came through in the clutch with me so many times. I, I knew that I had to do, pay it forward to another young person the way that she did it for me. Especially mm. being from Detroit, a lot of our young people just do not have the opportunity or mm. things that kids, especially in suburbs, or maybe in better areas have access to. Our kids just do not. So I'm like, you know what? Especially once I made the Forbes list, I'm like, I'm a black woman on a Forbes list. They was using me as like the poster child, like, oh, she a black girl from Detroit making a little bit of money. We about to throw her on all of our branding. I'm like, no, like y'all can't do that because I still have my students who are still struggling, but y'all got me on all this branding. Like I'm living a life. I'm like, no, cause it's not adding up, so. That was very important to me to just pay it forward always and just be the person that I wish I had when I was younger. That's real right there. I, I, I love to hear stuff like that. Even when people got stories where they wasn't good students and stuff like that, where academically didn't get the best of grades. Because yep. my sense my story, my situation was pretty much the same. I think I had a, either I had a 1.9, I think we had the exact same, I think I might have had a 1.3. Either it's 1.3 or 1.9. It might've been 1.3. You might've beat me by like a 0.6. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so but I know when I when I talk to people, like I remember I was in Vegas and I ran to one of my friends that I grew up with because I didn't even get to graduate with my class. Like I had to graduate from summer school because my my grade mm -hmm. was so bad. And so I remember uh, this past like a couple months ago, I ran to one of my friends from high school. And he seen me. He was like, "Hey man, I need to uh, I need to I need." He's like, "I need, I gotta ask you a question, man." I'm like, "What's up?" He was like, "How you come back from that?" And then when he said it, I didn't even know what he was talking about because to me, that's in the back of my mind. Like, yeah. I, mean, I don't think about that stuff no more. I'm like, what you mean? What you, what you talking about? He was like, he's like from high school. He's like, man, I know that had to be embarrassing, man. You need to get to graduate with us. I was like, oh, damn, you're right. I didn't. And I was like, <laughs> I was just like, man, I was like, I mean, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I think I thought I was going to be all right regardless. So, I mean, I never yeah. really thought about it. And you see it worked out. Yeah, it, it, it definitely worked out. So I think that's important because it's important conversation to have because I think a lot of people, especially young people, when they get those bad grades and they see like though they might not be able to go into college, they get discouraged. They might be like, man, what I'm going to do with my life? Because I know I, when that happened to me, I was kind of feeling the same way, seeing everybody go out to college and stuff. You like, yeah. oh, man, you feel like your life is over. But you don't realize you're only like 17, 18 years old. And it, it, it ain't the biggest deal yeah. for real. Just baby, yeah. There's yeah. more life to live after that. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's 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 so it's so much more life to live. So with your situation, like after that, where you didn't have the best best of grades, what was that next step? What you do? Um. So honestly, so funny we were talking about people saying to you like, "How'd you come back from that?" Like, what do you do? One of my best friends' uh, moms, we were in a car, and my best friend went off to Howard. Like, she did really well. She pledged. She always had great grades. We're in a car and her mom was asking me like, what are you gonna do after college? I mean, after high school. And I was like, I don't know. I'm just about to go to community college and figure it out. And she looked at me and she was like, that does not surprise me about you. She was like, but I hope for the best, but that don't surprise me. So once she said that, it almost like put a battery in my back. Mm. Like, okay, I'ma prove you wrong. That was always in the back of my mind. Like whatever I do, wherever this life journey takes me, I know I'm going to prove her wrong. Her wrong. You did. <laughs> oh, that's why I was just like, oh, I gotta get it together. I yeah, gotta get that's it. That's crazy. That's crazy that 
Oh, that's crazy that somebody like an adult would say that to a yeah. kid. Like, yeah. <laughs> now looking back at it, I'm like, I would never say that to a kid. Yeah, that's kind of messed up for real. Like, I'll yeah. be, I'll be heated if somebody said something like that to my kid. Like, oh, that doesn't surprise me. Like, what? But yeah, yeah but reason why I wanted to work with you because Ooh. I can imagine, you know what I'm saying? A lot of my students that I've worked with don't have the family support at home. I had family support. I was just choosing to not act on my potential. But a lot of my students just literally do not have the support. Mm, like, I don't want them to feel that same way that I felt in that moment, ever. I feel that. And speaking on like nonprofits though, cause me, Deanna, we got another partner, Ari, shout out to Ari. We started a nonprofit recently and with you doing it already, you've been through the motions already. Can you give us some uh, some tips or something, some pointers that we could okay. do to make our, non our nonprofit a success? So I would say with grants, with receiving grants, cause even after I left the nonprofit that I co-founded, I started working for a national nonprofit. Mm -hmm. Story sale. So you always want to sell your stories. I tell people this too on, they be like on social media, how do you get so much engagement? Stories sell. If there's one thing you need to know about grant writing, you always wanna make sure that you are selling your story. There are also two things that people are looking for while you are applying for these grants, impact and income. So you wanna make sure that you are definitely detailing in extreme detail how you are impacting your community or whoever you are serving. Mm. Also, income. How much do you need? How much are you giving out? What are your numbers? You want to be as detailed as possible. So That's if there's anything I can tell you about getting money, getting grants, you definitely want to use that storytelling ability. If you have a unique story, we all have unique stories. Right. What you want to hide the most is what especially a funder wants to hear, mm. especially as it relates to your mission, which on nonprofit. Mm, that's some game right there. For, for the other people that's listening, yeah, <laughs> that's listening. That's, that's probably got a nonprofit. Was thinking about starting one. Y'all, I hope y'all taking heed to that because that's some game for real. Because, because that's storytelling. Like even when it comes to branding, like that's just the key to everything. Being able to still tell a story. Yep, and also one last thing, just being consistent. Mm. I think those four things, especially storytelling and consistency, you can. That's half the battle in business. I feel like. Mm. That's true. Branding and marketing. So you just want to make sure you stay consistent. Will you get every grant that you apply for? Probably not. But if you stay consistent, you're going to get there. Yeah, I agree. Do you, do you think it's actually necessary to start a nonprofit foundation like on paper? Because you know, most people who help their communities just go ahead and do it and they don't care about the logistics part of all that and taking mm -hmm. it that step further. So do you think it's necessary? And like, does it come with its benefits of doing it that route? It does. Um, I would always say everyone, especially someone who is looking to build wealth, should have some type of philanthropic arm. So some sort of nonprofit, a scholarship fund, uh, whatever type of fund, um, because the tax breaks are insane. <laughs> I always say that. Um, I believe that we all have a heart for community, period. Yep. But if we're going to be putting our time, our money, our impact into this area, we at least need to make sure that we getting the breaks off of it, too. Mm -hmm. Let's keep it at a thousand. That's what the, the wealthy white people are doing. So for for business now, like how did that start? Like what was that journey like in getting involved in business? Oh my goodness. So I feel like I was born an entrepreneur. So I've been fired from every job I've ever had. <laughs> every job, except for one, except for when I started working with that nonprofit. That's the only job that I was never fired from. I started getting fired when I was 17. I got my first job at Dairy Queen. 
down the street from my house. I came in one day, I worked there for two weeks. The tips were great, first of all. Love the tips. I wasn't making nothing when I was there. I was probably making like two something an hour, but the tips were off the chain. Worked for two weeks. Till this day, I don't even know what happened. The owner came in, they was just like, yeah, so this is gonna be your last day. Um, so yeah, you don't, you're not gonna be back on the schedule. So just don't worry about coming back. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I took me a scoop of that cheesecake that they put in the uh, cheesecake blizzards and I was out. <laughs> but after that, I just kept getting fired. Um, and at the time I just couldn't understand it. So I ended up, that's the first time I got fired but I ended up going to community college. I transferred to Georgia State because I had this dream of being a news anchor. So since I was 16, I'm like, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm going to be on the news. I transferred to Georgia State, I graduate. I get my first job at 23 at a news station in Dothan, Alabama. So boom, I'm on the news. I have realized my life's dream. I get fired five months later. Boom, I'm out. My mentor was working for the NBC affiliate in Atlanta, Georgia. And she's like, cool, I'm gonna get you a job at my old station. Get a job as an anchor at 23. I'm at the anchor desk in Augusta, Georgia. I'm like, oh, it got even better. I was making 20,000 more than what I was making before. And let me backtrack y'all. I was 23 making $22,000 a year, my first reporting job. I make 22, I can make 20,000 in a couple hours now, like keeping it all the way a thousand. And I thought I was, I thought I made it 22 a year. I was, my rent was 450 in my apartment. I'm just like, I made it. Uh, so when I moved to Augusta, Georgia, I was an anchor. I was 23. I was making like 20,000 more. I get fired at that job after a year. So I'm like, okay, God, clearly this is not for me. I'm not even going to try anymore. I don't know what I'm even good at at this point. So what I did was I wrote a list of all the things that I would do for free if I never got a paycheck. One of them was youth development. One was consulting small businesses. One of them was writing. So I'm like, that's what I'm gonna focus on. And then all of those things, I started to see, okay, cool. If I'm gonna do this for free, this is connected to my purpose. Because anything that can wake you up without an alarm clock, that's that sets you on fire without you getting a paycheck, that's what you were put on this earth to do. And I strongly believe that. So I made my list and I'm like, bet. Now I'm doing this for free, it's cool, but how do I monetize it? Because I still have bills that need to be paid. I still am working towards generational wealth. What do I do? So I made that list and then I just started working towards those things. Um, the nonprofit was one, we launched the nonprofit. Um, I ended up writing my book. Also, I also write for Forbes from time to time too. I'm a contributor. Um, the book is Always Make Your Bed. And now I do small business consulting through Elite Global Vending, which is now Elite Global University. That's amazing. Hey. Throughout your story, you made it a, like, you know, I strongly believe like the universe or God sends you signs and it's on you sure. whether you're going to listen to them or not. And it's like for you, the signs just got louder and louder and you took that step like, all right, let me sit down and actually listen and find my life's purpose. So I love that you took that initiative and really made that happen. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I want to say real quick to y'all, the entire time I would say a lot of people say like, well, how did you get success in this? I've always written things down because, you know, like the Bible says, write the vision, make it plain. And I truly believe that whatever you put out into the universe is what you are going to get. So I put on my first vision board that I wanted to work at an ABC news station, got the job three months later at an ABC news station. 
So I think if you are specific and intentional with your goals, they have no choice but to manifest. It's no choice. It's like, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. I put on my first, my first vision board that I wanted to be on a Forbes list and be in a Forbes magazine. I've been in two Forbes magazines now and I made the list. And that's just from being specific and intentional and putting yourself in those places where you want to be. Well, like you said, being intentional though, like the power, the power of intent of intent is something that's, that I think a lot of people don't understand, like waking up with a purpose and moving, not moving aimlessly, like knowing this is exactly what I want to do. And I'm moving at, I'm moving at this aggressively. Like that's something that I feel like most people, especially young people, if they, if they don't understand it, that they lack. But that's why we're talking about it now, because it's important to understand. You have to move with intent and move with purpose, because that's going that's to attract the things you want to you. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's ex- that's extremely important right there. And I like that you said that uh, what Deanna said, uh, Deanna, you said something like that she, what, but as, as far as her goals, when you said that, hey, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot, I forgot what you said, but basically what, basically what I'm saying is I heard, because I heard somebody say this, and I don't know if the, everybody that's listening, I don't know how y'all feel about religion. I don't know if y'all are religious, but I'm still going to get this off anyway. So I heard somebody say like about how 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 God doesn't speak, he reveals. So, mm-hmm. and like with, with Daniel's story, what I like is basically in that instant, it was like God was revealing something to you, which you basically, like that's how I look at it, which you basically keep getting fired for no reason out the blue. I feel like that was like, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's like a revelation saying, like, I got something else for you. You just got to pay attention to what I'm revealing to you. But you kept probably going back getting other jobs until you finally realized, like, hold up, let me try a different route. Exactly. So I think, I think just uh, things like that, being paying attention to what's going on, like, you know what I'm saying? Like they say, the most, the most communication is nonverbal. So paying attention to signs when they're right in front of you to know, okay. It's something going on right here. Maybe I need to pay attention to this. That's extremely, extremely important and key. And that's a major key. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So the the so you said you was a news anchor. Mm-hmm. So did you go we we didn't go into how that ended, right? We, we, we talk about well, that. My boss called me in her office. I'm 24 at this point because I stayed there for a year. She like, yeah, things just aren't working out. The station is going into a different direction. So we're going to have to let you go. So I'm like, okay. So this is the second time I didn't got fired from a news station. So like we were talking about, the signs started getting louder and louder. I'm like, okay, this is not meant for me to do. So I need to pivot. And I think that's also a very important lesson in business, knowing when to pivot. Mm-hmm. With my organization that I co-founded, my nonprofit, my partner and I were not seeing eye to eye. To this day, me and her have just, decided to cut ties we no longer work together but I knew when to pivot and it worked in my favor I could have held on because we have been friends since we was 15 I could have held on like we gonna see it through and nope sometimes it's just not meant so you have to know when to pivot and pivoting that will be one of the greatest lessons that you can learn in business is to when to let go on and when to let go and when to move on to something else and you could take that same advice and use it in every area of your life from business to relationships to anything you could think of apply it to each situation because you that's just how it is you need to know when it's time to move on to the next chapter in your life yeah absolutely and don't become so attached to things to results now i just do things because i feel moved to do it but i don't become too attached to the outcome Mm 
or too attached to a person or too attached to, I'm attached to missions and how I feel. That's about it. The mission, every single one of the missions for my businesses, that's what I'm attached to. But am I attached to employees? Am I attached to outcomes? Absolutely not, because those things change. Mm-hmm. What won't change for me is my mission. Mm. And those things can change in an instant. But the Absolutely. mission, at the end of the day, the mission will always be the mission. You know yep. what I'm saying? So that's, man, that's, you you, you dropping some gems for real. These are like, these are, I, I hope this ain't going over people's heads, for real. <laughs> I think, I think especially new entrepreneurs, you get attached to a lot of things that's outside of the mission, whether it could be, like you said, whether it's employees or it could be like little petty stuff or certain people. You get attached, you can get attached. To, it's easy for people to get attached to those things without realizing it could be hurting the long-term mission. They could be forgetting that piece and not keeping that in the forefront at all times. Yeah. Yeah. But first, yeah, that, but I think another important conversation it is, is first people have to identify what their mission is. So many people don't even know, you know what I'm saying? They don't have no, they don't have no, like, uh, like I was like me and Deanna, we both was in the military. You know how in each squadron, each squadron got a mission statement. And mm-hmm. a mission statement is something that the whole team has to be on board with. So everybody know like, this is what we doing. This is this is the mission. They always say in the military, the mission, the mission, the mission. You always hear that. So mm-hmm. that's extremely important, even outside of that, whether it's business, anything. The mission, You first you have to understand what that is. You have to write that down. This is the mission, this is what we doing. But that that's always gonna keep you focused. But a lot, of, a lot of people, they don't have a mission and that's why they move around. They be in the same position they was five years ago because they ain't had no mission to begin with. Yeah, you got to get clear on that mission. It will guide you through life. I don't care if you don't believe in anything else. You need to believe in yourself and believe in, believe in that mission and make it clear and concise. Mm-hmm. That's real. That's real. That's when real. I have a future family, we're going to have a, a family mission statement. <laughs> I love that. I like that a lot. And have the kids going to memorize it. <laughs> hey, I like that, though. That's 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 because, you know, I was going to use the word, like, to, in these days, the word programming, it has such a derogatory, like, con, like, like the way people think about it is such as, like, in a bad way. But mm-hmm. I look at it, like, it's all, it could be good or bad. And I feel like there's nothing wrong with programming yourself and programming your uh, family around you for success and for great things. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So that's, like, I hate when, when, like, when you say the word, oh, yeah, I'm trying to program this, I'm program, they be like, what, what you like? What you on? You talking about program or something? They think you on some wild stuff, but it's a, it's a like man. What's the word I'm trying to think of? It's like a to do great things. It's like a crazy. I don't want to say you got to have a crazy mentality, but it got to be an obsessed mentality you got to have with just being good. And that takes a certain level of program with yourself because all the times you're not gonna feel like doing it. But if you program to still get up and do what you don't need to do, it's like. Stuff gonna fall in place. It's gonna be like damn near impossible for it to not for it to not yeah. fall in place. Yep, it's gonna be inevitable if you just yeah. do the work and get clear on that mission and work towards it. It's going to happen. You don't have to wonder. Oh, I wonder will I be successful? I wonder will I make money? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Simple formula. <laughs> but I think even something that you said earlier, or I think was extremely important, is when you said how. You said you pretty much how that job was paying you twenty thousand a year. You said now you can make twenty thousand pretty much very quickly. Like even that shows you. Like I, I, I just ask you, where does that uh, come from? Like what did that thinking? 
what did that bridge from when you was thinking like this at one point, like, oh, I'm a, I could accept 20,000 a year. And now, you know, like I can make 20,000 way faster than that. Like what that transition come in? At? So I will tell you this. I've always been a reader. I love to read on my website. I have a list of books, all the books that I've read in my lifetime, like my favorite books. I also have a hashtag is what's Danny reading. I need to update it, but it's on Instagram. Um, so when I read the 48 laws of power, that book changed my life changed my way of thinking. I'm like, okay, I can go from 20,000 a year to 20,000 a day. That's when that thinking came in at. Also, you're a badass at making money. I don't know if y'all have heard of that book. It's by Jen Sincero. Totally changed my money mindset. I think once you change your mindset around money and receiving wealth and abundance, a lot of us, I had a poverty mindset. But growing up, I had never seen nobody wealthy. Growing up, we got a penny pinch. You can't get this. You can't get that. If you get some money, you got to hold on to it tight because you ain't going to get no more. No, that's an, that's that lack mentality. Had to change my mindset and reading truly did that for me. Mm. Podcast, my leak Teal, that's my mentor in my head. My leak said one time, never let 60,000 a year keep you from 60,000 a month. And I'm like, damn, I'm 60,000 a month. That sounds so unattainable. Oh, but when it happens, when it happens, my first time making 30,000 in like two hours, I was hooked. It's like a drug. But that was just from all of the years of me pouring into myself and doing the work, the personal development work, investing into myself from courses, from coaches, to podcasts, to reading, to just always being a student. And I would always ask successful people when I was in college or younger, like, what, would, what advice would you give somebody my age? And they will always say, always remain a student. Always remain a student. So I'm always going to be a student of the game. Last night, I spent the entire night brainstorming. Just in my room. It's a Saturday night. I could have been out. Well, not really, because things are shutting down. But, but you know what I'm saying? I could have been doing everything. I could have been Netflix and chilling, getting drunk, whatever that looked like. I spent the night listening to podcasts, reading, and brainstorming for 2021. I love it. I love it. Just because I think this is so important, just because so many of us, especially in the Black community, whether we know it or not, we have that poverty mindset. Like I even have to dress myself at some times, realizing like, I know it'll be like sometimes in my life I could be out and I'll be like, man, dang, I, I can't, I can't, I, I shouldn't buy this or I shouldn't buy that. Now I'll, be, I'll be thinking to myself and I'll be like, I'll catch myself like, why am I, I could easily buy this. Why am I thinking I shouldn't buy this or something, or this is too much. It's because as a youth, you're hearing all the time, oh, no, we can't get that. We can't get that. Don't buy that. That's still in my head. Like, those programs okay. are still in my head. I have to catch myself, like, man, I'm tripping. This is only $10. Why am I acting like I can't buy this? <laughs> <laughs> this $10. Why am I acting like I can't buy this? <laughs> yeah. So that's very, very real. And I think until people, like, reprogram themselves to get out of that mind state until they get to the abundance mind state where they feel like I could get anything. It's nothing out of reach for me if I work for it. And then you'll start seeing money. And it sound it might sound crazy or cliche-ish to people, but it's real, though. Like, that's really how it goes. Yeah, that's really how it goes. Like, I remember, I, remember I, was watching a, I was watching a documentary. I don't remember who it was. And it was about somebody that came up in a, he came up in a wealthy environment. And mm-hmm. like just his thought process on money, it was like the thought of him not having it or not getting it, you could tell it just does it didn't cross his mind. 
It was like, mm-hmm. no, we're going to get this. We're going to get this amount of money, X amount of money. And I'm like, that's so crazy. Like, that's how people need to be brought up instead of thinking, saying, mm-hmm. if I spend this, this is going to leave me with this. I ain't going to have this. I ain't going to have that. Like, that's that fear is all in your mind. And when fear controls you, nothing good comes out of it. Nothing. Nothing, nothing at all. So I think, like, the stuff you're touching on, that's extremely, extremely important. Like what you said when the, the guy said, don't let 60,000 years stop you from 60,000 a month. That's very real. That's very really- so real. <laughs> and if you doing the work like we talked about, yeah. it's going to happen. You don't have to wonder, like, I wonder if I become a student of the game and work on myself and invest in my personal development and stay consistent in my business. Will this happen for me? It will happen for you. It's just a matter of perfect time and meeting preparation. Mm-hmm. Perfect time. <laughs> that's that's really what it is. Perfect time. And preparation because the timing is going that's one thing about timing your time yeah. is gonna come it's but gonna is it gonna <laughs> but is you gonna be ready when it comes <laughs> is you gonna be ready and prepared for when it comes yes. that's one thing yeah. that and that's what it's saying i'm pretty sure everybody heard the saying when they say stay ready so you don't have to get ready that's yeah. where that saying yeah. comes from you stand ready you stand prepared because like i said the opportunity your time to shine as they say is i guarantee you everybody gets it but everybody, but everybody gets it. But most 90, 95, 99% of people, when they time comes, they're not in a situation, they're not mentally prepared, they might not be financially prepared to mm-hmm. take that on and thrive. Yep, so yeah. true. <laughs> so true. When you made that mindset shift and you know, you're starting to think differently and see the world differently, did you go through a period of time where you felt alienated from the ones closest to you because they weren't on that same mindset wave? Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So I had a really tight knit group of friends in high school. I only talked to one person out of that group. It was five of us. We was like a clique. You know what I'm saying? We like, y'all gonna be the godmamas to my kids. Like we're gonna be in each other's weddings. I only talked to one person out of that group. It's just when you are growing and constantly evolving, there will be a natural drop off. So people are naturally going to drop off. It's like one of my favorite quotes, and it's in my book too, is the, especially when fall time comes around, it says the leaves are about to show us how lovely it is to let the dead things go. Like so, you know, every year the leaves naturally drop off the trees because that's just the cycle of life because you got to, you know what I'm saying? We're preparing for the next year. We're preparing. So all that dead weight has to go. So it will be a natural drop off. Um, and that's how I felt like my situation was. All them, friends that I have and it's all love like my dad passed in April all of them reached out to me and it was all like I'm so sorry to hear this it's still love there but life just took us in different directions and so many people asked me like so do you think you want to rekindle that relationship now no I don't I don't because it is what it is um it was nice for them to reach out but we're just at two different points in our lives so I think especially learning how to pivot in relationships too Mm-hmm. okay we're going in two different directions i'm gonna have to bust this right real quick you go ahead and bust that left and if it's meant for us to meet back up again we will because i truly believe in everything happens exactly as it's supposed to mm-hmm. exactly as it's supposed to so where i am right now where y'all two are right now this is exactly where you're supposed to be in this moment i agree and i feel like a lot of that just made me think like for a lot of people they have to realize this you are not gonna be the same person you were in high school or five years, whatever the case may be. You're supposed to change, you're supposed yeah. to grow, you're supposed to evolve, and you're not supposed to feel bad about that. 
yeah. I think a lot of people struggle with that one thing. They feel guilty because the people are around them are not making those same changes. But the truth is, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, and that's okay. You just got to keep pushing forward until you find a tribe that meshes to what you're doing in that moment. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And a friend of mine told me this one time, and I'll never forget it. She said that her mom told her that when a rocket takes off, that pieces of that rocket are bound to fly off because of how quickly it's moving and how fast it's moving up. And that's just the law of gravity. When something is catapulting super high and super fast, pieces of it are going to fly off. So, and I probably butchered that entire statement, but from what I took from that is when, you know what I'm saying, you take taken off, things are not gonna be able to stay with you. Things, people, old mindset, mindset shifts, beliefs, they gonna fly off because they just unfortunately cannot go where you're going. Oh. Man, y'all on this month's fifth. But, <laughs> straight up. But so um after after the news anchor did you you went back to Detroit, right? Yep, I moved back home. Yeah, yeah. I my mama, I'm like, I ain't coming back home ever. I'm never going back to Detroit. I'm gonna be a failure if I move back. She was like, Well, you don't have nowhere to go. So what you gonna do? Um so I did end up coming back home. It was one of the best decisions I could have ever made. Making that decision to move back in 2016 changed my life. Truly changed my life. And why is that? So when I moved back, um, and I want to talk about everything that glitters is not gold. So I moved back home in 2016. July of 2017, I had already created my nonprofit. It was something I was doing on the side while I was in news, but took it on full time once I moved back home to Detroit. So I moved back home in 2016, July 2017, my car gets repossessed. The money from the nonprofit is all the money that I had to live off of. And I was substitute teaching on the side. I was making $80 a day as a substitute teacher and they were taking taxes out of that. So I was making nothing. Moved back in with my parents. July, my car gets repossessed. November, I make the Forbes list. Now, mind you, my car had just got repossessed. On paper, we looked great. We look like an amazing organization for two young black girls from Detroit. In real life, I didn't have no money. So I know online, I'm getting asked to speak at events and I'm getting asked to speak on these wealth panels. And I'm like, wait, y'all don't even know I'm not wealthy. It's like, I had a wealthy mindset, but it had not transferred over into my pockets yet. Mm -hmm. um, so it truly changed my life because I got home and I was starting from ground zero, but I was hungry. I was so hungry. I'm like, it didn't work out, but I am determined to prove my ex-best friend's mama wrong because I refuse to succumb to my circumstances. Like I'm not about to just be back in Detroit, back in my mama's house in, in the room with the little Bow Wow posters, not making the most out of this. Cause there's a lesson in here somewhere. And if I don't act right and act fast, I'm gonna miss it. And I didn't want to miss it. That's 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 some that's another gem too because that goes to show you how pe you know people they would compare themselves to people on social media all the time mm -hmm. and like how you just said like everything looked great on paper but it wasn't in 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 the actual reality because that I think that's that's just a lesson for people to stop comparing themselves to other people what they might see on social media because you see it all the time man like I remember I'll be talking to younger people. And they'll say, well, so-and-so on here doing this and doing that. And I was like, yo, you got you to gotta chill, man. You don't know, even if that person is doing that, what does that have to do with you? 
exactly. and, and secondly, you don't know if that person really doing it. So it's like I, I think that's I think people got to focus on themselves, and but yeah. which is which is why I think it's like social media breaks is important for people, especially for young people, man, because you could get wrapped up in that stuff. And that's thing you know, you're on there scrolling for five, six, seven, eight hours, ain't accomplished nothing, getting further and further away from your goals and all that kind of stuff. Yes. <laughs> you her doctorate in psychology, and she always tells me you have to have social media breaks. Like it's unhealthy to have that much access to that much energy, news, content 24 7 at your fingertips. It's just not healthy. So she always tells me, and this is the woman who is being trained about to have a doctorate in psychology. She's saying it's just not healthy for the human brain to have that much at their fingertips 24 seven. I can see it. I can see. I mean, it makes sense because Mm -hmm. like this, this, all this stuff is still so fresh and so new. Like we still don't know the long-term effects this will have on people. And And you already hear the stories of people that become depressed and commit suicide and stuff like that so mm-hmm. long term you, you have no idea but like you said it's so much at your fingertips and that stuff can be draining mentally emotionally all that stuff yeah so you gotta yeah you gotta be you gotta uh take take breaks but so after so you you move back home you got on the forbes list mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? so you're still trying to you're still trying to come up so what was the what was it like for you to come out of that and it started in, in a sun this the the light at the end of the tunnel started happening and stuff Okay, so I would say when I started seeing some traction and started seeing real money is when I came out with my book. So, and I always tell young people this. I started this personal development journey when I was 22. I was like, 22 is when the light bulb went off. I really started it when I was like 2021. I will be 29 in December. In a few weeks, I'm gonna be 29. So this was a culmination of almost a 10 year process. And I know, see, I talk to young people like, I hope when I'm your age, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'm like, you can be better than me. This was not an overnight thing at all. This is almost what you're looking at is 10 years of work of just staying consistent to myself, to the journey. Like it's going to lead me somewhere. I don't know where it's going to lead me, but it's going to lead me somewhere. So what I always tell young people and anyone who's listening, what do people come to you for? Like what advice do they come to you for? What are you an expert in? Whatever people are asking you about the most, they see you as an expert in that subject. So what I was getting the most, I'm doing speaking engagements. I'm getting hit up on social media. Like, can you be my mentor? I have business advice. I want to learn how to save money. I need advice on men, relationships, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know what? I take mentorship very seriously. If I know that I don't have the bandwidth to actually pour into you, like I would want somebody to pour into me, then I'm not even going to take it on. Because I had so many people when I was coming up, like, yeah, I'm going to mentor you. I'm going to take you under my wing. Never heard from them again. I used to be crushed, like, dang. So I didn't want to do that to anybody. So I'm like, you know what? I can write a book. Once I started compiling all the life lessons and anything that I would have told someone that was going to be my mentee anyway into a book, I started taking off. Like, it literally started taking off. And I think that that's very important to find what people see you as an expert in, like, if you are lost right now and trying to figure out, damn, I don't know how I'm making some money or I don't know what my life's purpose is. What are people coming to you for? Because it's something. People are coming to you for advice on something. If you're a parent, are they coming to you for parenting advice? Maybe that could be a blog for you. Maybe it could be a product. Time efficiency, like, are you good at that? Maybe it could be becoming a virtual assistant. I don't know. My assistant is great at time blocking and just my time efficiency is horrible. If it was just me, I would probably get stuff done, but everything would be late. 
So think about what people are coming to you for. Um, and that's where the money is going to come from. So I put all my advice into the book, my life experiences. That's when I really started to see things take off. And I also want to say this, I know it's a mouthful, but ownership, ownership, ownership. I own the rights to my book 100%. I get a royalty check every month. Amazon pay me, Walmart pays me, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million. I get paid because they are paying me to use my words to push out to their audiences. Mm, yeah, you 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 talking that talk. We we definitely we definitely we definitely gonna get into this. I love I love all this right here. So let's let's first get on the book. So the book always make your bed. So first, like where did that name come from originally? So when I was in, it's actually a book out called Make Your Bed. So we're going to talk about that too, about how you need the sure stuff is trademarked and copyrighted. Um, but so when I turned 21, when I moved to Georgia, because I moved to Georgia to go to Georgia State when I was 20, um, I was just sick of my own BS. Being in an environment of people who are like moving, shaking, making things happen, that truly will want to make you do better. If you are around five bums, you're going to be the sixth, period. There's no way that you can be this productive, proactive person and make your dreams come true when you're around five of the bums. You're going to be the sixth bum. But if you are around productive people who a body in motion stays at motion, that's just law. So it's like if you are around people moving and shaking and just trying to make it happen, that's going to rub off on you. So once I got into a college environment, everybody was trying to make it happen. I'm like, damn, it really sparked something inside of me. Like, I want to do better. I'm just sick of my own BS at this point. I'm not even living up to my expectation my own potential so growing up i talk about this in the book i never had a routine so i never had no bad time i could do whatever i wanted to do i used to be up till four in the morning watching bt uncut every night i could do whatever so once i got to college and i started seeing i became obsessed with success because i'm like i want to do better and i know i can do better so i started studying successful people what every successful person had in common was they had a routine they have some type of routine so I'm like, bet, I've never had a routine before. I'm 20 years old. What's one small thing I can do every single day to put myself on the right track? I can make my bed. So I started making my bed every day. Since I've been 20 years old, I've never missed a morning of making my bed. I'm like, cool, I'm gonna start making my bed. What else can I do next? I'm gonna get a planner. I'm gonna start writing down three, four, five things that I can get done today that's not gonna overwhelm me. Because when you're on a journey of success and you're trying to get yourself into a new mind state, if you try to do too much at once, you're going to overwhelm yourself and you're going to say, forget it. So you need to break it down into bite-sized goals. So I started making my bed every morning. I started accomplishing everything on my to-do list. I'm like, dang, what else can I do? That consistency from making my bed bled into other areas of my life. It changed my mindset. Once you change your mindset, you can change your life. It's nothing you can't do. So I started making my bed and that's where it came from. It's so small, but it's so important. You know, some of the things like, man, it's such a simple task as making your bed, but it plays such a big part in the bigger thing, the grand scheme of things. Yeah, it does. Because it's also the first thing you'll probably do when you wake up. You get out the bed. That's what you win. You get out the bed, you make it. And then that puts you in the mindset of, okay, let me, what's next? What else do I need to do? Now you're in the task uh, accomplishing mindset. So that's it. Yeah, that's very, very important. But let's talk about on the on the business side of book and creating a book. So mm -hmm. first, like the process of doing that, what was that like? And why is it important? Like you so spoke on, on copyright and trademark and all that. 
man. So I would say I wrote my book myself. All 130 pages of it, I wrote the book myself. Well, not all of it because I had contributors. Um, but my next book, because I want to come out with another book and I'm going to tell y'all what that topic will be about, I'm definitely paying for a ghostwriter. My money a little different now. I'm like, I can pay to have my time freed up. I'm going to go ahead and pay to have somebody do this next time. But I wrote it because I didn't have the money at the time. I'm like, my money a little funny right now. I'm just going to go ahead and write this book. And I'm so glad I did. So don't let the time for anyone who's an aspiring author or you have a big goal in front of you and it's like, damn, it's going to take me three, four or five years to finish this. Don't let the time intimidate you because the time is going to pass, period. So in three years, you can either accomplish that goal or be closer to that goal, or you can start from day one. So it's completely up to you because you're going to get older and the time is going to pass, period. Um, so with writing my book, I own the rights to my book 100%. I reached out to a friend who had a publishing company. Um, I just asked her, I'm like, I want to write a book. I want to be self-published. What do I have to do? What her company did, they charged me like $1,400. They formatted my book, they did my book cover, they copyrighted my book, They all the editing for my book, they did all of that. And then I own the rights 100%. The reason why you wanna have your book copyrighted and why you wanna have things trademarked, like I said, when I came up with Always Make Your Bed, I didn't even know at the time there was a book out called Make Your Bed. But if your title is one word off, you can go ahead with that book. So I'm like, dang, it was at the midnight hour. I'm like, it's another book out. Do I have to change the title? She's like, nope, because it's one word off. So if somebody came out with a book said that was called Always Consistently Make Your Bed, they could come out with that because it's not Always Make Your Bed. It's one word off. So that's one thing. Copywriting. In the event that someone steals the contents of your book, you own that. So I own all of the contents of my book. Everything that's inside of my book, I own all those words. So in the event that someone tries to regurgitate an entire chapter of my book, I can take them to court, I can sue, because now you're plagiarizing from my work. I own all of this. This is my intellectual property, I own this. Trademarking, I now own the phrase, I own the four words put together, always make your bed. That's owned by Danielle D. Hughes. Now, somebody may own make your bed, someone may own consistently make your bed, making your bed in the morning, but I own always make your bed. So there will never be, I'll give you an example. When I purchased my domain for my book site, it's amybbook.com because there was already always make your bed.com. Once my trademark went through, I had that hot cease and desist, sent it to them like I own this now. So y'all will have to come up off that domain. So I'm going to have always make your bed for something. I don't know what. But that's the importance of just investing. And trademarks aren't cheap. I spend a grip uh -huh. on my trademark. But it's absolutely worth it. If you don't do anything else, I see especially younger people coming up to me like, I got this fire logo and my branding is off the chain. But don't have an LLC, don't have an EIN, don't have a trademark. You want to make sure that your business is being built on a solid foundation. Yes. Nothing else will matter if it's not. That's a fact. That's just that, that's what they call protecting your intellectual property. Yeah. Those things, those things are invaluable. Like you said, you can make money like from that forever. Cause right. it's all <laughs> like forever. As long as you own those things, it's, it's going to be hard for you not to make money, especially when it comes to that. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So those, those are, especially for people that's listening, that's getting into business, whatever you in, please own, own that, own that. Whether you can, if you can keep the data, keep the domain names, keep all that. You make sure you got emails because that's 
if you ever decide you want to sell your business, sell your company, whatever you got, that's what the buyer's going to want anyway. They want that data. They want that information. They want access to those people that you didn't build the relationship with over however many years. So it's important for you to own all those things because that's the that's the important stuff right there. So I'm glad you I'm glad you touched on that. Even with the you, said, you I was laughing when you said that you bought the, you uh sent them as a season desist after you after you owned it. I'm like, that's that's cold right there. And I'm like, there's nothing they could do about it. I'm like, oh, I own it. So I, I own the four words. So y'all gotta give it to me. Uh, so that's yeah, I'll cool. say the downside of it though is you cannot trademark a design. So, like my book cover design, I literally had a woman take the entire design. Like, I'm gonna have to send it to y'all once we get off this call because it was like ridiculous. She took the entire design, just changed the colors up, but I had not trademarked that. So, she and I talked to each other, we got in touch, we figured it out. Um, but even if she decided to move forward, there was nothing I could have done about that. She just would have been biting my style, but her book wasn't called Always Make Your Bed. She didn't take any of my verbiage. It was just, she just took the entire design. So. Wow. And when, wait, what year, what, uh, when you dropped that, 2018? 2019, June 2018. Okay, 2019. Wow. Yeah. So, so after, after that, I'm pretty sure they gave you another spark. And another, just especially seeing getting some getting success from it, I'm pretty sure they gave you a whole another spark to even do more things. It did. That's how my vending business came apart. Really? <laughs> I just came out with the book. And I also want to say this too, because this is going to tie into what I'm going to say about the vending business. People are only going to take you as seriously as you take yourself. When people say, don't judge a book by its cover, people do judge physical books by their cover. So this is going to go for when you are pitching, when you are networking, when you are meeting somebody, people are only going to take you as seriously as you take yourself, as you take your business, as you take your brand. I'll give y'all an example. Before my book came out, before I met with my designer who designed the cover, I used to go to Barnes and Noble every Saturday just to see what were the best-selling books and what did their covers look like. So I saw Michelle Obama's book was selling very well at the time. Of course, I am not Michelle Obama. I'm not even trying to compare myself to Michelle Obama but I'm like okay cool I'm gonna take little bits and pieces of what she's doing with her branding with marketing her book with her book cover that's why I put myself on a cover now I do have another copy for corporations because that's a whole nother story for another day um, when you are doing large corporate orders you are going to see the most success if you do not have yourself on a cover that goes if you white if you black if you brown Chinese purple red you are going to see more success if it's just a book cover with a title on it for corporate orders but when you are doing more so individual orders, your book is going to be online or it's going to be in a bookstore. I have found that people will purchase a book with someone on it 50%, 50 times more than a book cover that does not have somebody on it because they feel that that personal connection. So that's just a thought. I did my research with that too. <laughs> that makes that make a lot of sense. Yeah, because I know that's what I do. Yeah. especially with black people if i see a black person on a book talking about something i'm gonna grab it because i feel like y'all can relate to me the relate i can't even say the word the relatability is there yep the relatability is there absolutely oh. um, just invest in yourself mm. that's major you far i also read like how i was reading something about books and they about creating a book and book sales and they were saying like the book title is probably the most important part they was like you could like putting the right title, the right catching title is like the most important part if you want sales. Do you feel, do you feel, do you feel how, how true do you feel that is? 
I do. I believe that's very true. Um, I would say you want something that's catchy. When I was in news, news directors always told me because I would have to create a reel like for them to look at, see if they wanted to hire me. They said they know within 10 seconds of watching somebody's reel if they want to hire you or not. Because it was like after 10 seconds, you lose somebody's interest. Because humans do not have very long attention spans. Especially now, everything's at our fingertips. Everything is moving super fast. You have 10 seconds to grab somebody's attention. So with a book title, with a book cover, if, I, if in 10 seconds it's not really clicking for me, I'm probably going to move on. So yes, that's very important. Making sure you have a catchy title that is short, straight to the point. Your subtitle is straight to the point, that it's not long and drawn out. You can see a lot of success, especially with a self-published book doing that. And I think I think that, oh, my bad, go ahead. You can finish your statement. I was just gonna say, I think that's what like almost everything or like these days, because like you said, it's so many things out that's grabbing our attention in so many ways. Like whatever you're doing, you gotta be able to catch the people's attention like instantly. Because And I also think that's why if you notice, like if you watch movies, like I know I pointed this out to Deanna recently, like if you watch movies from like the 70s, the 80s and the 90s, the intros were so drawn out. Like it'll take like five minutes for the movie to start compared to if you watch a movie today, as soon as the movie come on, it's popping. So like first 10 seconds, yeah. something popping off, somebody getting shot. <laughs> Somebody getting robbed, like as soon as the movie come on, you're like, damn. Right. <laughs> and I think it's because that attention factor, they know compared to the 70s and 80s, like people could be sit and just wait on things, but our generation is not like that. It's like, all right, yeah. we leaving. I'm gonna go to sleep. I'm gonna pick up my phone now because this ain't catching my attention. So exactly. being able to grab people's attention, especially in, if you're trying to make some money, man, that's Ooh. that's every that's everything. Everything. So I was going to ask you, um, so you have your book on Amazon, Walmart, and Barnes and & Noble. So what was that process like getting on all those different platforms? So here is a tip for all the people who want to be self-published, want to come out with a book. You need to make sure that you have your business on Ingram Spark. So Ingram Spark is a platform that is going to then disperse your book out to all of these platforms. So we're working on Target next. So they did... Um, Amazon first, then they did Barnes and Noble, then they did Books a Million, then they did Goodreads, um, then we just got on Walmart, then I'm working on Target next. But Ingram Spark, once I got approved to be on there, they did all of that work. And I think I pay maybe $20 a year or something like that to have it on there. And that's how libraries and bookstores purchase your book too from Ingram Sparks. That's really cool. Like, I never heard of that. Yeah, I know that either. So that there goes some more. For y'all that's listening, that's thinking about writing a book, want to write a book, there y'all go. She she giving y'all she giving y'all the play. <laughs> <laughs> she giving y'all the play for real. I hope y'all uh take they can hear you once again. So mm -hmm. what with your with your vending company, like mm -hmm. where did that where did where did that start? And what made you want to get into the vending business? So so crazy. Last year my mom got laid off from her job, and I'm just like, I know she was. She's used to working in corporate America. So I'm thinking, what is something that I, my mom can do to make passive income that's not gonna be a lot of wear and tear on her body? That's maybe take a couple hours out of the week for her. I'm like, boom, vending machines. Vending machines had started getting hot, like when I was starting to look at it, but it was still like an untapped market. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like now you can get on Instagram and it'd be easy to find a course, a coach to do vending machines. Back then I was searching. So my mom, I'm sorry, my sister was dating somebody at the time and his mom had vending machines. So I'm like, can I pay you to like teach me the vending game? She's like, no, you don't have to pay me. 
we go ahead, we go to lunch. She talking about she was taking money out her 401k to start her vending business and she ain't seen a return on her money yet. I'm like, okay, this is probably not gonna work for me the way you doing it. I do my own research. I get online, Craigslist, find a machine, pay 550 for it. Literally the, the rest has been history. So I'm doing this because I'm trying to fill a, fulfill a need within my family. I never wanted to teach nobody. I never wanted to have a course. I never wanted no products. I didn't want to do anything. I just want to make some extra money for my mom. Do this, get on social media, say I got a machine. All my family and friends like teach me, teach me, teach me. So I'm linking up with my family and my friends like, okay, this is how I did it. I'm having these meetings, either they're not using the information I'm giving them or they're not showing up to the meeting. So I'm like, I gotta start charging for this. So, and this goes back to what we were talking about, about always staying ready. If you have systems in place and you are ready for that perfect timing, for that preparation to meet that perfect timing, it's going to happen for you. So I'm writing for Forbes. It's a lady from my hometown. Her name is Mia Ray. She has been such a blessing to me. Now Mia has a army of followers. Like if Mia say, this is the move, her followers are coming through. So I'm interviewing Mia for Forbes. We sat down. She like, I'm thinking about getting my son some vending machines. Can you help me? She like, I want to pay you for a consultation. I was like, you don't have to pay me. Like I'm doing it for the love for my family and friends. I'm definitely going to do it for the love for you. She's like, okay. So we sit down. Um, we go over the vending consultation. Maybe two weeks later, she buys her son's five vending machines already in locations, just from what we talked about. So she was like, well, since you won't let me pay you, can I shout you out on social media? I'm like, sure. Now, mind you, I'm doing consultations here and there, whatever, but I have a system set up. I have processes. I'm taking appointments. It's flowing smoothly. The night that she shouted me out, she has like 100,000 followers on Instagram. My class is booked up. This was February. February. My class is booked up through March. I made like $10,000 in a night something like that. Um, and my followers, and I try not to put too much into social media, but if you do it right, social media can, you can turn them followers into dollars. My social media went from, I think I had like 8,000 followers or something like that to like 14,000 in a night. That's crazy. And that's just going back to when it's your time, if you're prepared, it's gonna, you're gonna pop. You're gonna pop. That's a fact. And I think another important lesson in that is to, like with you, you could have easily took the money, but if you took that money, she probably would have never gave you that shout out because she probably felt like I already compensated you. Like, I don't need to give you a shout out. But with you not taking that quick check, she was like, uh, she want to look out for you some way she can. Like, that's just how good people is. It's like, dang, yeah. you ain't gonna let me get your money. I gotta do something for you. Yeah. And she gave you that. And that, that just shows you because so many people, they be quick for the quick check. As soon as they get some money offered, they're like, nah, let me get that, not knowing. What what other opportunities could come if you didn't take if you didn't take that money for real and you focused on building that real relationship because that's what it was like building a relationship. Now she's like, man, let me shout you out on my on my IG. That's the you know a flood came. Flood. She shouted me out last week. I got like seven hundred followers or something, See? and they're all booking. They buy, and that's the thing about staying ready because now I have okay, cool. The consultations take a lot out of me. I'm like, what can I do? Recorded some courses. Um, got an ebook out. And that's just from literally, you know, she and I worked together that one time. She continues to look out for me. She has put so much money into my pocket this year and I'm gonna continue to look out for her. It's just that relationship will always be solid just because it was organic. Mm -hmm. I wasn't looking for anything. She wasn't really looking for anything, just some help to get started in the vending business. And it just worked. When I launched my 
my first course is how to launch your vending machine business in 30 days. I launched it in September. We did 30K in two hours. Just from a course, I didn't have to do nothing. I, I recorded this course. I made sure I put my all into it, made sure it was quality and people bought it. And people ask me all the time, like, I don't wanna do vending, everybody's doing it now. Yeah, they are, but have y'all been in the bread aisle at the grocery store? <laughs> totally different brands of bread. Exactly. Hey, <laughs> oh man, hey, you know what's so funny about that? I don't know who said this, but they was like, they was like, I hate when hearing people saying like, oh, I want to do this, everybody doing it. They was like, have you ever been to, to like nice stores or like uh, like high-end shopping centers? They like, you got Versace, Gucci, Louis Vuitton on the same block. They not yeah. saying, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going here, Louis Vuitton down the street. Like everybody got their own lane just because you might see multiple people doing it. That don't mean nothing. That actually means it's a lot of people that's looking for that. So you exactly. can get in there and just carve your own lane and supply, help those people that's looking looking to get into that. So that's yeah. that's that's super important. I'm glad I'm I'm super glad you just touched on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like you said, you tweeted and said you're doing everything. That's how I feel. I used to feel so bad, like dang, I was in nonprofit youth development. That's what people knew me for. And now I'm like and ventured off into books and now I'm doing vending and now I'm into real estate investing. I'm gonna do everything. Yep. Master P is like one of my mentors, idols in my head. That's he said, somebody did it, I know I can do it. If somebody yep. didn't do it, I know I can do it. But especially if somebody has done it, I know I can do it because somebody else did it. Somebody else, and that's all the proof you need. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's all the proof, as long as you can see somebody doing it. Cause like we, we all, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, you got some people that's more intelligent than other people, but at the end of the day, most of this stuff comes down to effort and time. Yeah. So if somebody else can accomplish something and do it, especially if it's not no rocket science and stuff, you know what I'm saying? This ain't no, we talking about business. We ain't talking about creating a rocket or nothing. Like, yeah. if somebody else can do it, you can see that and be like, and like, with, with the thing with getting involved in everything, I feel like a lot of people don't try to do that because they feel like it's going to be like too time consuming. But how I look at it is, most of these things, when you like dive into a lot of stuff, a lot of those stuff be passive for real. So as long as you got the time to like at least let it get started, and then just let it be his own well, his own well ordered machine, you good. Yep, you are good. <laughs> you you good. It's, it's for real. Now, like, I can say like that also goes back to what we talked about earlier with making sure it's all aligned with the mission, your personal mission, your business mission. Who mm -hmm. cares if you in a bunch of different lanes? As long as it plays a part in your overall mission, then that's okay. It's going to help you achieve those overall goals. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So now how many uh, how many machines do you have now? So we are going on our eighth machine. Mm. I just purchased a route and then going back to something you said before too, Xavier, about buying yourself. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, income. Income. Like, buying yourself income. Yes. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. your job is never going to give you a $10,000 raise. No, it's so not gonna I bought myself one last week. I closed on it on Halloween. I bought a vending route, two vending machines in a nursing home. If this pandemic taught me anything is to stay essential. You need to be in essential businesses. If it has the possibility of shutting down, I'm in Michigan. Our governor just did a press conference and we getting shut down again for the next three weeks. My vending machines and those nursing homes, they still going to be making me money. Those vending machines net $8.25 to $8.50 a month. That's my net. They gross like $9.50 or something like that. I love it. 
And I paid a little over 5,000 for those. And that's going to make me close to 10,000 each year. Oh, man. So he's looking at that. That's a raise. That's what you call. That's a raise. a raise. And I think a lot of people don't get that concept. When they you hear you could use money to buy money, people be like, I think that concept throws people off when you say giving yourself a raise. That also throws people off. Because like you said, your job more than likely ain't gonna never give you a ten thousand dollar raise. Hell, not no, not a twenty thousand dollar raise. Not in a year. Most likely, it ain't gonna happen. But you can give yourself that though. You don't have to wait on that. You mm -hmm. can give yourself that. Just put yourself in position. Look at it, to invest in certain things. Maybe start other side hustles. And you could. It ain't gonna start off with you making like ten thousand a month. But aim for it. It could be an extra hundred dollars a month. Keep going, make it get up to two hundred dollars a month. Three hundred. That's how it starts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's thing you know. Starts. The extra fifteen hundred a month that you ain't even planning on. Yep. You know what I'm so, and what's the what's that a year? Fifteen hundred a month. What's that a year? How much? I'm trying to think. <laughs> Don't do your math. <laughs> let me get let me get a calculator real quick. All right, I'm like, let me do this. <laughs> I'm trying fifteen fifteen hundred. Dion's also don't do your math. Dion, you funny. That's eighteen thousand. So you got, that's an extra eighteen thousand dollars a year. Like, yeah. what could you what could you have done with that? You know what I'm saying? And I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure the average person that they would be so appreciative for an extra eighteen thousand dollars a year. Thousand. <laughs> woo. Right, right. That's all you can say. Like, woo. Like, man, that's that's it. <laughs> that's crazy. I do want to ask you though, I saw that you mentioned on Instagram that your business, vending business, is now government contractor approved and woman-owned certified. So can you go into what that means for the listeners who don't know and how did you make that happen? Yep. So literally just being a government contractor and woman-owned certified, and I'm working on my my minority certification, is so I can start selling my business to the government. Mm -hmm. The government is essential. The government never going to shut down. If Instagram shuts down today and Facebook and social media, I'm still going to be getting them contracts. Mm -hmm. I'm still going to be getting paid. Yeah. Um, so I hired a company, my good friend, Tiffany. She has a company called Certify My Biz. If you don't have the money to do it, you can absolutely do it yourself. But at the stage where I am, I'm like, if I can free up my time and have somebody do it right, that's what I'm going to pay for. So I paid for her company. They did it. And what I do now is just compete for contracts, basically. So, and it doesn't even have to be vending. I think people hear that and they're like, okay, but I don't have a vending business, so I don't have anything. Cool. I haven't even got any contracts that have anything to do with vending yet. I'm competing for a contract right now with FEMA. So I'm working with them because Hurricane, I can't remember the name of it, just touched down in Florida. So they started to put out those contracts. They need toilet paper. They need baby wipes. They need blankets. They need these basic things in bulk and they need small businesses because they have so much money put aside. They got all these set-asides that the government has to spend so much money with small businesses, with woman-owned businesses, with minority businesses, with veteran businesses. So if you mark off all, all four of those, you in business. I mark off all three because that's considered a disadvantaged business, being a woman, being a minority, and being a small business. And they have so much money that they have to set aside to spend with these businesses each year or the money goes away. So they, it doesn't get rolled over, they gotta use it. Um, so I'm like, why not before, uh, you know, until we get reparations, if that's ever gonna happen, this is gonna be my form of reparations. That's how I look at it. I feel, um, I feel that. Yeah, and also thinking about just, it's me, my mom, my sister, like I was saying, my dad who passed, I was my stepdad. So I didn't meet my stepdad till I was 21. So I wasn't familiar with having a family unit. So my entire life, it's just been me, my mom, my sister. And 
I ain't NBA young boy, but we ain't never going broke again. That's the way that I look at it. If I could put my money into things to make sure that we're set, because life is going to happen. Did we expect we would be grieving like this this year? No, absolutely not. But we had a system in place. Money was saved. So if we're going to grieve because things come up, life happens, make sure that you have system, systems in place. You got insurance. You have money so that you're not grieving and struggling at the same time because life is going to happen. So one of my main focuses of becoming a government contractor is just making sure that I have things in place that if everything around me decided to shut down, I couldn't get to none of my vending machines, all social media shut down, I'm still going to be getting paid through the government. Because the government is absolutely essential. Yep. And we know they ain't gonna never run out of no bread. They always gonna have a, the, they gonna always gonna have the budgets. Yes. Man, that's 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 powerful what you just spoke on. But first I wanna say, because those are CEO fan, I'm I'm definitely sorry to hear that. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh secondly is like I love that you said like life happens, things happen, because I know this is a conversation that me and Deanna always have. Just like how we said earlier, how like It'll all, your time to shine, that opportunity, it'll always come. You just got to be ready. At the opposite side of that, bad things and droughts or whatever that can mean, it'll always come too. Those things will always happen. But in the same token, like I said, be prepared for the good to happen. You need to be prepared for when the bad things happen too. Yeah. Like some, some things you just can't, can't be prepared for, you can't prepare for, but at least financially, you can put yourself in position when those bad things happen, whether who knows what it could be, you just prepared and you could take on the pain emotionally and mentally, but you know, if you just keep on living, you'll be yeah. all right. So yeah. it's like, you gotta be prepared. That's why, man, me and Deanna, we talk about this all the time. I'm like, cause people, people gonna lose money. Like you could be balling. For sure. That's gonna happen. The money could get, the money could slow down. You gotta be yeah. prepared for that. No, like I got this to the set, the staff to the side. We're gonna be able to weather this down moment mm-hmm. and the roller coaster, you know, it's like a roller coaster. It's gonna go back up. And that's I think I think that's important for every for everybody to know that like things, like you said, life happens, whether it's good life or bad. It's great, it's gonna happen. You just need to try to prepare yourself at the best, the best way you can. And I think when people hear that, they think like, man, like that sound that doesn't sound like fun to people. It's mm-hmm. like, man, I gotta sacrifice this just to focus on. What'd you say, D? Most people are like, I don't want to even think about the possibility of these things happening. Yeah, yeah, right. That too. That too. That too. Because you got people that'll be like, they'll avoid life insurance because they don't want to think about death. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Which is kind of crazy if you think about it. But it's like when it can happen, and then and it's going to happen for all of us. Mm-hmm. And if you ain't got life insurance. That's a whole nother problem you're going to be dealing with on top of already grieving. Yep. And let me tell you, trying to grieve because I've never lost someone this close. So I've never had to grieve a a death like this. That ain't no joke. That's no joke. So add on top of that, you're not having no money either. Um, Man. Bad situation. So you just. Yeah. That's the kind of shit that make people like start like mentally. Yes. They start going crazy. Travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's real. So, man, this this one, we talking we talking about some real stuff right now, for real. Like, I, I and I, there too, though, it's like you know, I think with social media and just like sometimes the way we're raised, we're made to think you know life is a struggle, everything should be hard, but it doesn't have to be that way. It's nope. a lot of things you can put in place 
to make the burdens of everyday life a little easier on you so that you don't have to worry so that you don't have to struggle and go through all these hard times and especially it comes back to not having life insurance or not being financially prepared like when COVID hit and the pandemic hit you know Mm -hmm. it's just it's things you can do to lessen the burden of everyday life struggles Mm. absolutely Mm. right yes Even for that rainy day, when my dad passed, I didn't work. He passed April 25th. I didn't start working again until like the end of July, maybe. And I was straight. I never thought about, damn, it's a drought. I ain't got no money, so I got to go back to work. I had been preparing for a rainy day. And when that rain came, it was a tsunami. Exactly. (laughs) I was prepared. Mm, Because, man, that's another important thing you touched on. I think a lot of times when people hear the term, uh, saving for a rainy day. I think they just think of when I run out of money, I can run out of money. Let me save for that. But they don't think about that aspect. Of the rainy days could be a loss of a family member, uh, something else, something crazy. You could be physically impaired. Who knows what it could be? And yep. as long as you got money to the side, you buy yourself, you, you buy yourself time to weather that storm. Yes. No, no matter how long it could take, because it could take a week, it could take months, mm-hmm. and it could be close to a year. Who knows? But if you got stuff, like I said, to the side where you could just, because ain't nothing worse, ain't nothing worse than grieving and being not in a, in a financial place where you have to do things that you're not mentally and emotionally ready to do. Yep. Ain't nothing worse than like all that together. That's like the worst combination. Right. <laughs> it's for real. So that's, this is, this is, this is, uh for the people that's listening, this is super important. I'm, I'm glad we was able to touch on this and touch on this part. But I want to talk about, uh, Man, it slipped my mind real quick because I ain't even intend on going on that. But that's what, we, <laughs> <laughs> what I was about to say just slipped my mind. I want to ask you. I want to ask you something else about. Um, I think it was about mental. I can't remember what I want to ask you. Do you have anything, D? I can't remember. What I want to ask you. Yes, I can. Pick hopefully, up. hopefully it's about. Yeah, hopefully it's what I was thinking about. No, uh, I was just gonna ask you though, just for for those who may not be too familiar with the vending machine business, what does the you know just day to day operations look like? Because I hear so many different perspectives. Some people say it's extremely passive. It's something I focus on a couple hours out the week and I let it be. Other mm-hmm. people, you know, they say, oh, I gotta do this every day. I gotta do this, and it's a lot more to it than what you may think. So for you, how would you describe the day to day operations? Yes, so I would absolutely say when people say it's super passive, I don't have to do no work. That is a lie. Um, Just today, like I have to put myself on a schedule or else my entire week could be thrown off. So Sundays are restocking days. So my dad was my partner in the business. After he passed, I told my mama, like, it's no point. Like, why should I even do it anymore? Like, I'm gonna just go ahead, sell these machines, do something else. She was like, no, I got you. I'll step in. So me and my mama, Sundays, that's our restocking day. Um, So now that we are moving on to our fourth location, it's very important if you want to give superb service that you stay on top of these locations, you stay on top of restocking. You have to make yourself available for these locations to contact you. They will contact you sometimes for the silliest things. They can be like, yeah, so I was looking at this bag of chips that I got today and it expired two days ago. So I'm just trying to figure out what you're going to do with this. Things like that. So you have to make yourself available. Always remember the customer is always right, even when they're not. Now, sometimes they dare wrong, but you, because they are, this is the location that is housing my vending machines, I have to go along with it. Um, so you want to factor in stocking. You want to factor in servicing the machines. If something happens 
to break down in the machine. You want to factor in going to these machines once a week. I suggest if you have a vending machine, you need to service it once a week. You will see much more success from your machines if you are going to service it once a week. People aren't buying from empty machines. Now, sometimes you can use that whole scarcity mindset thing to, to sell your services and that works saying, oh, I only got 10 left or I'm all sold out and people want it even more when it's scarce. That does not work with vending machines. If people see an empty machine, they're going to walk right past it because they're going to feel like all that product in there is old and it has not been serviced. Mm. So you want to give superb service. You want to make sure you are stocking these machines at least once a week. You want to make sure that you are readily available for these business owners, these managers, whoever is housing your machines. Um, you want to make sure you're staying up to date on your expiration dates, on your product, um, that you are constantly ordering new product. I only work with high grossing locations. A high grossing location is someplace that has at least 150 people coming in and out per day because the vending business is work. So if I'm going to be working, my machine is going to be working for me while I'm not there. One of my machines is in a fitness center. They have 300 people coming in and out of that location per day. One of them is in a nursing home. The nursing home is, the vending machines are only open to the staff. They have 150 people on staff per day in the nursing home. Damn. The other one is in an office building. Now that's kind of a smaller one. Um, it's 40 people in there. But the good thing is with COVID, with a lot of things shutting down, they're still in the office. They're not leaving the office anymore to go out to lunch, to go buy snacks. They're either buying their lunch or they're purchasing from the vending machines. So I have seen my sales shoot up since July, since June when I first got back into the location. Now our next location we're working on is a post office. The post office ain't shutting down. Mm -hmm. Mail gonna keep coming in and out. People gonna keep, especially the holidays are coming up. People will be inside of the post office trying to ship items. You wanna look for those high grossing locations in those essential locations. So yes, I know that was a, mouth, a mouthful, but it's a lot more than just saying, oh, I got a machine, it's about to be super passive. It's work if you want to do it right. You want to do it right? Yeah. That, may, that, that, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Because I even even the guy that was from our office, who had a, he had an office at the uh, building we had an office in, he had a vending machine company that he had to sell because he had a stroke. And he was oh, just saying how it was going to be, he couldn't, he, he, it was too much for him to do it, so he couldn't do it. And he was telling me how like, it can't, he was like, it can be passive, but pretty much similar to what you said. Like, if you want to do it right, it's going to take you some, some some energy unless you hire somebody to run the whole thing for you. But that's going to be money out of your pocket. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I remember the question I wanted to ask. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> with, with 2020 and this being a crazy year due to COVID, like, mm -hmm. what is the, the, the number one thing you learned that could help other business people? Mm, that's good. So I think I got like three things. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. So number one, make sure you got a little nest egg. Make sure you are saving for a rainy day. A friend of mine asked me the other day, she was like, I don't have any savings. How much money should I save? I said, how much are your bills per month? She told me like $1,500. I said, you need to have $1,500 times three at the minimum. That's how much you need to have. All the designer, all the partying, all the frivolous spending, cut it out until you can get whatever your monthly bills are times three. That's the minimum. It should really be eight months, but the minimum is three. Just so if something happens to you, you buying yourself some time to pay your bills. Something happens to your job, you buying yourself some time. Always have a nest egg. Always have something saved up. Number two, learn when to pivot. 
all my vending locations got shut down in March. I'm like, bet, I don't have any money coming in besides the consultations that I'm doing. What do I do? I launch a course, I launch an ebook. The day I launched my ebook, my whole marketing strategy was quarantine and chill. I'm quarantine and chill, no, I'm sorry. It was quarantine and chill and learn a new skill. That's what it was. We're at home, come out with a digital ebook. I made 2,500 the first day. That's passive income. I wrote the ebook once. I probably made like 13,000 off the ebook since March. Came out with a course. We about to go on lockdown again. People want to learn for when the economy gets back right because it will get back right one day. Life is peaks and valleys, so is the economy. Um, you just wanna be learning. So learn when to pivot. It's like, if I didn't come out with the ebook or my digital products, I wouldn't have been making any money in my vending business because my machines were shut down for three months. So save your money, have a little nest egg, make sure you have a solid foundation, uh, learn when to pivot. And the third thing I would say is stay on top of trends. So I would say historically, I march to the beat of my own drum. I always have. I'm like, whatever somebody else is doing, if everybody going right, I'm going to go left. I think that staying on top of trends, that's what I have been trying to do with my digital courses, has really helped a lot. Seeing how you can kind of get a feel for what other people are doing, what they're doing in their businesses, what's hot right now, and put your own personal spin on it. So that's what I would say. Those are my three things that I've learned from this pandemic. Mm, I love that. I love that. Them, them, them are extremely beneficial things that people could take and and apply that and listen to it and just apply it to their life. And it's not it's not super uh, complicated. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those not things. Yeah. Everybody could do that. And make adjustments. And I'm pretty sure that's those things can apply. You can. Everybody can apply those things to their life if you're paying attention and you're trying to. Yep, exactly. If you trying, right, right. If you if you trying, yeah. and, and this is another question I got. This is my uh, last question. Let's Deanna, you got some. I want to I want to ask. So all like all the things going on, uh, like everything with with twenty twenty with COVID with business, everything that's going on. I don't know if you're dating or not, but how do you stay focused throughout all of this? Because I feel like this is a question. And the reason this question is important because I know most people when they talk about business. Even when I talk to people, they always ask, how do you stay focused? Like, you know, how how do you keep your mind on what's going on and just do it every day? So what's what's your answer to that? So I would have to say, and that's funny you bring up dating, because I can only date people who are like-minded. I was telling my mom, I was dating a guy and I'm never against, I know B. Simone, it was that whole thing about her saying she would never date anybody with a nine to five. I'm not saying I would never date anyone with a nine to five, but you have to have a hustler's mentality. So whether you're working in a grocery store right now, you have to have a hustler's mentality if I'm going to date you. I don't care what you're doing as long as you're making some money and supporting yourself. But you have to have that mentality that there's always more out there for me. Because, okay, I'm doing well for myself now, but it's still more. I haven't even touched the surface. So I need to date someone with that same mentality. Have not found that person yet. I didn't kiss a couple of frogs. But um, I am very... Okay, so I'm an introvert. I'll start and say that. So I'm not an extroverted person. Being around a bunch of people and a bunch of energy, that's never been my vibe. Like I've always been super fine with spending time alone with myself. I'm a super big introvert. Um, So what helps to keep me focused is that I love being alone. So a lot of people I found don't know how to be alone with themselves. And when this uh, pandemic first happened, 
if you lived alone, you couldn't be all in people's faces. You couldn't be out and about. You had to be home and really face that truth. Like I'm alone by myself. Um, I've always been, which I feel like is a blessing. I've always been very comfortable in my own skin and by myself. So that helps to keep me focused. That yeah. like all I have at the end of the day, I have my family. I love my family. I know they love me. But all you have at the end of the day is yourself. You came in here by yourself. You're going to leave out of here by yourself. So you got to get to know yourself. Yeah. And that helps keep me focused because I'm like at the end of the day my focus is never on material things it's never on men it's never on money it's on myself how I can better myself and how I can better my family literally that's it and isolation is something that truly helps to keep me focused I love that and I know I'm saying it now I know it's gonna probably be some dudes that hear this you know dudes <laughs> Dudes love it. Dudes love a challenge you hear you hear somebody saying like I ain't focused on that or do you know dudes try to change that I'm right. letting y'all know right now. Don't try to get in her life and distract Danielle. Don't, <laughs> don't, do don't, don't do it. Don't do it, man. I don't want to hear no stories about y'all trying to get on it. Let's <laughs> y'all got y'all mind right. And y'all, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, I don't, don't, don't want to hear it, man. I'm going to be highly upset if I hear y'all on some BS. Y'all know y'all ain't got going on with y'all right now. Y'all being with it and, and fraud and acting like y'all doing it. Don't do it. <laughs> Straight up. <Ooh. laughs> But no, nah, but I, 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 I love that answer. And that's another thing that's like, but I feel like with you being an introvert, I think that makes it so much easier. Because mm-hmm. already, like I'm, just, I'm, I'm similar where I like being alone. So when you like yep. being alone, I think it's, it's, it, makes, it, must, it makes it much more easier for stuff like that compared to like if, you, if you're a people person, you love being around people and you feel like, I know people that be like, if I ain't around other people, I feel like I ain't, I ain't even living. I'd be like, man, I don't know what that feel like. I'd rather be by myself. <laughs> Ooh, I be needing to recharge. Like. Man, man, hey, that's what I say. Y'all. Man, I'll be like, I'll be thinking like, this is just me when I get around a bunch of people, especially if I'm talking or if they talking to me a lot, I literally feel myself physically getting tired. Yep. Like, yeah, I'll be like, I need to go sit down somewhere. That's why I like, if I, like if I'm at a party or like a gathering with a bunch of people, I always go to the area by myself and sit down. People are like, what's wrong with you? You all right? And I can't even, so I just be like, no, I'm just I'm just doing something on my phone. But the real answer would be like, I just need a moment to myself real quick. It's too much going yeah. on. I'm getting tired and shit. Though. This shit making me tired. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I can't do it. So that helps just being an introvert and knowing how to be by, your, be by yourself. Like, that helps to keep me focused. Yeah, yeah. It truly just blocks out all the distractions. I'll, that's real. That's real. And did, did you have any other questions? No, uh, Daniel, you had any other things you want to touch on that we get a chance to? Nope, I think that's it. You sure? This oh, is good. This is good. This was great. This was great. I love <laughs> it, man. And just before we before we wrap up and let you go, we just want to say we really appreciate you. You know how much we appreciate you. We've been, we've been waiting to get this done for a minute. And we, I'm super, myself, I know Deanna, she feel the same way. I'm super ecstatic that we got this done. This was a super dope episode. And uh, if you, like I told you before, if you ever need our support for anything, hopefully we can link up soon. But if you need our support with anything, anything we can do to help you, just let us know. You got our info. You know how to, you know how to reach out to us and all that. But before we let you go, do you mind then plugging all your stuff where people can find you, follow you, uh, get a consultation, everything? Yes. Yep. So my website is DanielleDHughes.com. Now that is my umbrella website. That is the site all about me and my life journey. My book is Always Make Your Bed. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Walmart, coming soon to Target. But that website is 
amybbook.com. So it's amybbook.com. Vending, if you want to find me, it's eliteglobalvending.com. We also have a Facebook group. Um, it is called Elite Global University, where we talk about side hustles, pretty much making profitable side hustles. Uh, I just purchased a mobile home. That's something that y'all inspired me to do. I hooked up with mobile home elite investors. Shout out to them. Shout out to them. They're my people. I got my first mobile home, so I'll be renovating it and kind of sharing that process. Um, but yeah, that's I'm passionate about small business and helping people of color. Let me just say black people, helping black people, um, you know, obtain wealth and create generational wealth. So that's where I am, EliteGlobalVending.com, AmyBBook.com, DanielleDHughes.com. Wow, I love it. I love it. Like once again, before we wrap up, I just want to say appreciation again. And wrapping up, for those who don't know, y'all can find me, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Xavier C. Miller. Uh, what else I got? I can't even, my mind going blank right now. But D, you can tag all your stuff. You can follow me on Instagram at Deanna Kent. Twitter is Deanna S. Kent. Make sure you follow Park Hill Capital on Instagram and Twitter and Millionaire Mindsets on Instagram and Twitter. And that's all we got for y'all. I appreciate y'all tuning, tuning into another episode of Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. See you guys next episode. Peace. Up Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouching Ain't no more excuses valid, get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account, need an accountant I study millionaires cause I was born a visionary You still believe in limitations, why you acting scary? You can't distract me from the paper, I've been chasing greatness I'm stacking now and balling later, in the conversation We strategizing, monetizing, piling up investments And sacrificing temporary sh for bigger blessings Yeah, a tapped in boss mind state I multiply my grind rate and I match the way I vibrate Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million if you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouching Ain't no more excuses valid, get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account, need an accountant